Hello and welcome to Law Pod. I am Lee Hadjbantelis, the principal of Bryden's Lawyers. Now, each and every week we have a special guest, someone that has a connection to the firm, either through our sponsorship or perhaps just a friend of the firm. Today is no different. We have a very special guest with us, someone that I think that you know fairly well. That's me. The reason why I've been asked to do the Law Pod is to provide an update as to what is happening with respect to Bryden's lawyers generally, but in particular with reference to the current COVID uh, crisis in which we find ourselves. And at the time that I am speaking to you, we are in the midst of a pandemic at its worst. Each and every morning we sit glued to the television to watch the latest update, and there are approximately 100 cases per day with community transmissions in the high 20s, if not 30. So we are all very conscious of how serious our current predicament is and what its implications are for the broader community. But today I will deal specifically, though, with the implications for Bryden's lawyers. Now, the pandemic has been with us, of course, since March of last year. And since that time, we have been very resilient and resistant to a lot of the changes that have been inflicted upon the legal profession. And by that, I mean this. Up until this day, we have been able to keep our doors open and all our staff attending the office here in Liverpool, which is, of course, our head office, uh, staff numbering close to 100. So it has been difficult for us to ensure the continuing safety and well-being of our staff by strictly adhering to all of the COVID protocols, including the separation of staff so that they don't sit too close to each other, limiting the number of staff in the tea room, video and Zoom conferencing where possible, telephone conferences as opposed to face-to-face conferences, sanitising to the extreme, limiting touch points, etc., Now, we've been very fortunate that we've been able to avoid uh, COVID impacting directly on the firm, but things changed uh, over the course of the last weekend. Now, we would all be aware, of course, that the areas of concern to the government are the three LGAs being Canterbury-Bankstown, Fairfield and Liverpool. Now, a very significant proportion of my staff reside in those local government areas, including myself. And so, as from Saturday, a decision had to be taken as to whether the firm would continue to operate as it has been, or whether I would have to engage staff remotely. Now, what was said to us on Saturday seemed to differ a little to the public health health order, which was issued on the Sunday, and that being that there were exempted workers identified, those who were allowed to leave the local government areas as identified, and continue with their employment. And one category of exempted workers referenced those engaged in the administration of justice, those working in the court system, in tribunals and the like. Now this prompted an inquiry by me of Service New South Wales, who confirmed that given the courts and tribunals were to remain open, then lawyers would be allowed to remain working as well as exempted employees, that is, You cannot have one without the other, which of course makes perfect sense. So on the Saturday afternoon, a crisis meeting was convened of all my senior staff at a time when we thought that we would be unable to work in the office. We hatched a plan for working remotely, which was to be instituted this week, effective from Wednesday, 21 July. But given that I was able to confirm on the Sunday that the firm was permitted to remain open and staff could attend, those plans were put to one side. However, on Sunday night and Monday morning in particular, 
I met again with my most senior of staff and there were genuine concerns raised that even though we were permitted to continue to operate fully, the question was asked as to whether it was appropriate to do so. Now, as I said earlier, I have a number of staff that work in Fairfield, Canterbury Bankstown and Liverpool LGAs. And they, at the moment, are areas that are concentrated for COVID infection. They are areas that are receiving a lot of attention. So each and every time staff leave those local government areas and attend the office, they pose an additional risk, not only to themselves, but to other staff. Uh, having the staff numbers that I do, I suppose in some way, particularly where we are located, it's just a matter of running the gauntlet or Russian roulette or whatever you want to, uh, to say, that despite taking every possible precaution, there is still an inherent risk that one of us will become exposed to the virus, which means that all of us will be exposed to the virus, which would mean the closure of the firm for at least 14 days whilst all staff isolated. So I took the view then on Monday morning that we would revert to the plan as devised on Saturday. And so from Wednesday, 21 July, the overwhelming majority of my staff will be working remotely for the first time since this pandemic began. Now, I must say that I am most distressed by this and somewhat sad. I put a lot of stock in my staff. I put a lot of faith in them to do the right thing. But working with these people gives me an incredible reward, both professionally and personally. And saying goodbye to them now for what will effectively be two, if not four weeks, is proving somewhat troublesome. I do uh, very much appreciate and I am humbled by the opportunity of working with these people every day and not seeing them now for some time in these circumstances. It's proving somewhat distressing. But uh, I know that they will do the right thing by the firm and that they will continue on their merry way. But more importantly, they will represent the interests of all of my clients. I have had the opportunity to speak with many other lawyers who have worked remotely now uh, since the pandemic began on and off. I get a different perspective from different solicitors as to how it has worked. Some have told me that it has been seamless, a transition from working within an office environment to working from home. Others have told me that it's a disaster, that the loss of socialisation between the staff members, the loss of camaraderie, the absence of colleagues has proven difficult. That, I suppose, leads to a another query, whether or not these changes that have been foisted upon us by reason of the pandemic will change the working landscape permanently. At first, I thought it would, given the prevalence of Zoom conferencing, which proved to be very convenient to some clients, not having to travel to the office for barrister conferences, even for trials in the district and Supreme Courts. I thought uh, this may be the future. However, on reflection, I don't think it is. I think there has been somewhat of a backlash to the working from home experiment. I think people think that there may be some benefit to it in terms of becoming far more expedient and efficient in use of time, uh, particularly with the, the travel. But I think people have come to realise that on balance, there is much to be said about working in an office environment and working with colleagues. I'm a true believer also that working provides a certain discipline getting up each morning, getting ready, heading off to work, doing a full day's work, that level of personal satisfaction that comes from achieving something throughout the day, then heading home. I don't know whether staff working from home feel that, that 
that experience or enjoy that experience. I haven't worked from home as yet, so I, I really can't comment. But I think it would be hard to replicate removing it from the, the office environment. So I think the challenge has finally presented itself to Bryden's lawyers in a very real way. I have absolute faith and confidence, as I say in all my staff, that they will meet the challenge and we will overcome this. And before long, we will be together again. One of the other questions that I'm asked often is what can be done to continue to motivate the staff and keep them interested? It's not an easy question to answer. The people that I work with are, of course, consummate professionals. And one might ask, well, why do they need motivation? They know what to do. That is true. But there's a lot more to working than just knowing what to do and doing your job. As I say, there is that collegiate atmosphere that will disappear shortly. There is interaction that will cease or become minimised. As an employer, it is my job to continue to ensure that the staff do remain motivated. And that's been a focus of attention uh, during the last 15 or 16 months within the office by keeping the staff engaged with each other as much as we possibly can. Now, the staff have continued to work in exemplary fashion, of course, but just in terms of motivation and keeping them engaged within their community, we did introduce a number of measures, which included Friday treats, that every Friday we would distribute throughout the firm, uh, cakes or chocolates or sweets and ice cream and ice blocks and whatever the case might be. There was also interactive games played throughout the entire firm. A couple that I recall fondly involved staff bringing in photos of grandparents and telling a story of their grandparents, which was just amazing uh, to hear of um, people's life's adventures, which you would never think or, or expect. Another one that proved immensely popular was the family pet. People brought in photo of their, of their pet, dog or cat or bird, or whatever the case might be, and spoke to us about uh, the relationship with their, with their animal. So those two stand out to me. There was a third, which was hilarious, where staff members brought in a photo of themselves at a very young age, either newborn or infant, and the rest of the firm had to try and guess who it was. Some were obvious, some not so obvious. But these things re retained a level of engagement between the staff, which I think the staff very much enjoyed. And from my perspective as the employer, um, I took great heart in the fact that the staff were motivated to participate and did raise you know, a quite, a, quite a deal of laughs or two you know, throughout the firm, which was very pleasing to see. So it, it has proven a challenge, but I think one that we've been able to meet, but not without the incredible support of all of my staff. The fact that the staff work from home, and this is something that applies to all employers, does not negate responsibility of the employer to your staff. Where the staff works, that is, the geography is largely irrelevant. If they are working for you and suffer an injury, for example, during the course of their employment or arising out of their employment, then they will be covered by your workers' compensation insurance. Your employer's workers' compensation insurance will cover all employees for such injuries. Great care, however, must be taken not to simply rely upon the presence of insurance to provide protection because there can be exposure in other areas. For example, if a staff member is uh, seriously injured through any neglect of the employer, then they may have available to them a work injury damages claim. These are more substantial claims that are brought by seriously injured workers. The employer's obligation does not end, as I say, the minute the employee leaves the premises. There is a school of thought that you have an obligation to ensure that the employee has the proper uh, equipment, uh, chairs, desking, or whatever, whatever is necessary, so as to fulfil their employment duties safely from home. Of course, all your Fair Work Australia uh, employment obligations continue, of course, in the manner in which you treat staff 
in terms of discrimination, harassment, bullying, etc. All of those obligations remain as well. So whether they are working in the office next door or working from their home, they are still your employee. The obligations and the duty of care owed by an employer, often referred to as the highest duty of care that exists, uh, will continue on. So be very, very uh, conscious of that. One of the other areas that we've been very observant and vigilant is in cybersecurity. Of course, law firms are inundated with private and confidential information and documents which are invariably subject to legal professional privilege, uh, a privilege that rests in the client. So if documentation and information is to be removed from a centralised base, that is your office, to people's homes where it may be accessed by other members of the family or friends, Great care must be taken so far as security and cybersecurity is concerned. Uh, we have state-of-the-art cybersecurity programs on all our computers. Uh, we have installed another program which will provide an additional level of protection for those working remotely. But again, particularly for lawyers, need to be cognizant of that obligation, the obligation to maintain the confidentiality of information and documents on behalf of a client, that does not cease because the file is transported off the premises. The staff, however, to their credit, are hypervigilant about these matters. All my solicitors, of course, as am I, are officers of the Supreme Court. We have bestowed upon us, or we are charged with, incredible obligations uh, to act ethically and morally and in the best interests of our clients. And so these are things that weigh heavily upon any solicitor. And so those obligations and those responsibilities uh, are not impacted upon at all, no matter where the, the lawyer is in fact operating from. And in fact, a lawyer is a lawyer is a lawyer, which means you, you are a lawyer, an officer of the Supreme Court, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So where you work will have no bearing whatsoever. So this is, this is where we stand today. We continue to provide the highest level of expert legal advice and representation to all our clients across all areas. You only need to access our website to meet the team, to know who they are. Now, Brighton's Lawyers has enjoyed an incredibly vibrant and healthy and successful, I think, identity as a personal injury practice. But we have expanded and we have leveraged off that expertise over many years now into other areas, worlds and estates and family law and, and crime and and commercial uh, superannuation TBD. So we can provide expert legal advice and representation in all areas and will continue to do so during the course of this pandemic. Has the pandemic had an adverse effect on Bryden's lawyers? Absolutely. Uh, it has because it's had an adverse effect on the broader community and we operate within that community. Things have slowed down. Businesses have, you know, um, invariably closed, particularly recently with the closure of all uh, retail and non-essential businesses. But th th this is something we all have to deal with. We are all in this together. We are all responding as a community to the challenge. We are all suffering. And I'm sure that we will all be able to get through it uh, together. And I suppose that leads me on to a discussion with regards to the vaccine, which has been a subject of, of much chatter within the office. Some of my staff have been fully vaccinated. Others have had the first vaccine injection. I myself have registered my interest and I am awaiting confirmation as to the availability of the vaccine so that I can uh, have mine. Uh, I must admit, though, I am not keen on having it. I am not, generally speaking, a proponent of medicines. I try and avoid them if I can. But I just feel for the greater good, for the benefit of the community as a whole, the science appears to be unequivocal that the vaccines do work. They are effective and efficient. 
and that we're not going to get through this unless they reach the level of herd immunity required from um, the majority of the population being vaccinated. So I just feel that it's incumbent upon all of us uh, to do our bit. And as I say, I am loath to have any injection or unnecessary medication, but I feel that this is necessary. And of course, I suspect that moving forwards, we will be unable to travel internationally uh, without the vaccine. And uh, travel is uh, one of life's great pleasures. And I would be very much looking forward to that when able to do so. So I suppose the question has to be asked, how much longer? Who knows? Uh, How long is a piece of string? It's difficult to say as at today. We are fortunate though. We have a job to come to. Over the weekend, there would have been thousands upon thousands of construction workers and retail workers who would have been stood down. My office in Liverpool is adjacent to a Centrelink office. Each and every morning, I see the line out the front of the Centrelink office getting longer and longer and longer. So uh, as I say, the sooner this is, this is all over, the better. So my final words of wisdom, do your best. All of us know what needs to be done. We have put our faith in those politicians who have been elected to lead us. We have put our faith in the science and and the medicine. They tell us what we need to do. There's an old saying about buying a dog and bark yourself. It's unnecessary. Those of us who are not medically qualified and those of us who are not pandemic specialists should adhere to the advice that is provided from such specialists. So uh, that's what I'm prepared to do. And if we are told that we need to lock down, then we lock down. If we are told that we need to curb and restrict our activities, then we curb and restrict our activities. And if we are told that we need to vaccinate, then we vaccinate. That's that's it for me. That's a, a brief overview of where Bryden's Lawyers sits today, 20 July 2021. It's a it's a dark period in our, uh, our firm's history. I don't think I can recall any other time when there has been such a challenge. There have been numerous legislative challenges over the years, and I won't, I won't bore you with those. But as I say, please be careful and be safe. As all of you who are employers, I know that I'm sure that you look upon your staff as I do, as members of your own family, and that their well-being is your absolute priority. So I wish you all well, and until we are again together, it's goodbye from me, and good luck. Good luck.